You're listening to the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast, where we focus on taking your passion and turning it into your profits. Join us for interviews with business experts, industry influencers, and more. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Next Generation Cheer and Gymnastics Owners Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we are talking about So You Want to Open a Gym. All right, if you are someone who is getting ready to open a gym or you want to open a gym someday, or maybe you want to open a second location, this episode is for you. So we're going to be talking through all of the different things that you should be doing if you're getting ready to open your own gym. First things first, if you're going to open your gym, once you've uh, taken the first step of establishing your LLC, make sure you head over to Cheer and Gymnastics Owners and join that Facebook group. Make sure you answer the membership questions. It helps get you approved way faster. We don't have to message you and confirm that you are an owner and not some parent trying to get the inside scoop. If you are not an owner, make sure you join our all-star Cheer Coaches and Owners page. Or if you're an owner and a coach, we want you in that page. We have a bunch of great content there. We are doing live videos there right now. So lots of great stuff there. And if you are interested and you're opening your gym, head on over to nextgenowners.com where you can subscribe to our blog and make sure you get registered for our conference June 23rd through the 25th in Dallas, Texas. It's going to be an amazing one. All right. So we're in a really exciting time. Like, why am I talking about this? Well, One, it's the beginning of a new season. That's first off, or a new season is getting ready to get started. And number two is during COVID, there was a really rough go of it where it was like every other day we were hearing about gyms that were closing. And a lot of gyms may not have made it back from that time. And it was was kind of scary and and sad to watch it happening. But recently, uh, we have had just a crazy amount of calls from people who are getting ready to start their gym. I talked to five future owners in the course of last week, like people who are interested in learning more, people who are interested in learning about the academy and what we do and looking for some steps on what they should be taking as they get ready to open their gym. And that's just last week. I've talked to way more than that. I have personal friends who I've known for a long time uh, who are getting ready to open their first location. And it is, it's so cool. It's so exciting. I love to see it, which actually, ironically, is a shift. If you had talked to me seven years ago as a young owner, just kind of in the in the hardest time of owning my business, I would have said, never buy a gym. Just keep being a coach. It's so much better. And now I absolutely believe that if you have the entrepreneurial spirit and you have the capabilities, that opening a gym is such an amazing experience. It's absolutely worth doing. But you want to make sure you do it correctly and you set it up on the front end right so you avoid some of the missteps that many of us have taken over the years. So in this, we're going to talk about 10 things that you need to do to open your gym or really before you open your gym. Uh, So these are all things you may have done some of them. I'm going to talk through each one of them. So rather than give you all 10, I'm going to talk about each one one at a time and explain it. Um, And I'm not going to go into crazy detail on each thing because some of these things take longer to teach. And so you might need a little bit more help if you need help with some of these things or if you um, don't believe you know how to do it, 
That's what we specialize in. So make sure you reach out to me after this episode if you really need some help. So number one is establish your LLC, your EIN, and your bank accounts. All right, so establishing your LLC is so easy, you guys. It is not a complicated process. Most states have a way to file for it online. The hardest part is doing your uh, articles of incorporation or whatever it is you're required to do by the state in terms of that additional paperwork. Um, But where most people make an error is they go to, um, you know, they go to uh, what is the most common one? There's an online attorney site uh, and they'll file your LLC for you. So if you Google start my LLC, the thing that's going to come up is like four or five different sponsored posts and they'll say, pay us $350 or $400 and we'll do it all for you. Well, number one, it takes longer. Uh, and number two is you're way overpaying. You are way overpaying for them to send some boilerplates, not make it custom for you. You're going to have to redo it anyways. Like they're not going to file it correctly or what you need it to be. And uh, you can do all of the initial LLC and getting your EIN yourself. Like it's really not that hard to do. You just go to your state website, fill out the paperwork, pay the fee. It's generally like a hundred bucks. Um, at least that's what it is in Oregon. It's really not that expensive and you have your LLC established and you can also file for your EIN there, which once you have your EIN, which is your employee identification or employer identification number, uh, then you can head on over and open your bank accounts. Really, really simple. Um, So you just set those things up. Now, if you're not planning on having employees, can you operate without an EIN? Yes, you can. Although I'd recommend you just get one. Um, It's going to make it a lot easier for opening your bank accounts uh, and just get one. It doesn't really cost anything. The only negative of getting your EIN is now you're going to have employee reporting requirements. So like in my state, we have to report quarterly on our employees earnings because then that determines how much we have to pay for our workers' compensation insurance because you pay a certain percentage based off of every hundred dollars that your employee works. So establish all of those things on the front end. That's going to get the wheels turning. That's going to get things getting set up for your business and get you set up for success so you can start taking payments, so you can uh, you know, start hiring employees and doing everything the right way from the beginning. Number two is you need to reach out to Matthew Becker at gymlawyers.com to get your waivers and contracts and he can help with any of that LLC paperwork as well um, to get you set up and get you completely righteous on the legal side of things. Now, can you hire a local attorney? Yes. Should you have some sort of a local attorney that you can reach out to when there are emergencies? Yes. But gymlawyers.com is They're proven, like I've worked directly with them. They've redone all my contracts and all my waivers. They're absolutely phenomenal people. They work with gym owners. They understand gym owners. They understand the cheer world. So they're gonna get your lingo and they are bar none the cheapest or not cheapest, but the most reasonable, most affordable attorney group you can get to put together your invoices and have them be not invoices. Sorry, I was looking at invoices on another board put together your contracts and your waivers and all those things and have them actually be built for you and for your industry. You don't have to pay a retainer. You're going to pay kind of a per project uh, thing and they are absolutely the best. Matthew is the best. So make sure you've reached out to them. 
and you've gotten all that stuff squared away. The last thing you want to do is have a waiver that you took from another gym and doesn't actually legally protect you or you want to have you don't want to have contracts that are going to violate federal or state law that are going to potentially jam you up later on. Number three, you need to secure lo- your location. Now, how do you do that? Well, there's a lot of strategies to opening a gym. Obviously, the, the most common is I'm going to get a building. I'm either going to rent or I'm going to buy a building. And that can be a really laborious project project, right? You have to deal with zoning requirements. You have to deal with finding the building. You have to deal with putting in an offer. You get denied. Um, It's not uncommon for people to say they don't want our use in warehouse spaces, um, which is lame. I've never really understood it, but it's not uncommon for them to say that. I would argue that you probably see more injuries and more issues in warehouses than you do in cheer gyms uh, that potentially expose the owners to liability, but that's just me. I don't really understand their thought process. But as you go about securing a location, if you're looking to rent or buy, I 100% think you need to hire a commercial realtor. Commercial realtors are just like other realtors where they're going to be on a commission basis. So you're not going to be paying them up front. Typically speaking, they're going to get paid on the back end of the deal. But having that commercial realtor who's going to be working for you is going to be negotiating on your behalf. Uh, It just takes so much stress off of your plate. And if you're not an expert in it, it is way better to have someone who knows the people to contact, knows the questions to ask, and knows how to get you what it is you're looking for, as well as help you with some of those zoning requirements and all those things. We have had great experiences with commercial realtors, even ones that I didn't think were as good. I had one that I absolutely loved. Like I would have gone and hung out with this guy. I liked him so much. Um, He was just awesome. And then we had another pair that were okay. They weren't really the best, but they still renegotiated our lease and did an okay job for us. But secure your location. Now, if you're not going to go that route and you're not going to get a commercial realtor, you're not looking to rent your own location, then maybe the route is to contact a local gymnastics facility and see if you can rent a portion of their space for a period of time to get your team started. Or maybe you get in touch with a local school and you start in a local middle school and you're rolling out mats or you're a local um, sports center. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to package this and you're not actually taking on quite as much risk as starting in your own building. So know what the right route is for you and be open to those other options. Some gyms have had very, very humble beginnings where they've started in tiny little areas and they have gradually progressed. Um, Danielle started in a little, I believe, a community center uh, near or on the Air Force Base. Uh, Mallory, one of our academy clients who I've had on the podcast, she started her gym in her basement with like eight foot ceilings, rolling out some mats. And then she's just now expanded to her own facility years later and just has crushed it. I mean, she has done such an amazing job and she still has her basement gym, which is kind of crazy. We have another client in the academy who started in a, like almost a shed. Uh, Jamie, she started doing private lessons on her porch. Like there are so many ways to get started. So don't feel like you have to go and spend $14,000 a month on some 15,000 square foot building, which would be a great, a decent rate, um, in my area at least, 
You don't have to do that. You don't have to have 15,000 square feet. You can start with 1,000. You can start with 3,000. You can start in a basement. Like, yes, you might not be able to offer all the things you want to eventually offer, but you can offer a lot in a very small space. The very first gym I ever coached at, this was a long, long time ago, obviously. Well, not that long. I don't want to age myself here, but it was a long time ago. It was over 20 years ago um, that I started coaching. And uh, when I started coaching cheer, my gym that I was coaching tumbling at had three foam mats. That's all it had. That was all you could fit three foam mats and they weren't even the full 42 feet. And then we just gradually upgraded and elevated and, and moved to new locations. So secure your location and don't, uh, don't hold back from your dream just because the location isn't the absolute perfect thing. Number four, you need to source your equipment Sourcing your equipment, you can do in a variety of ways. There's a lot of providers out there that you can buy new equipment from. Make sure that you figure out what the shipping is going to be because shipping is oftentimes equally as expensive as the mats. So make sure you check out what the shipping is going to cost. Also look into people who are potentially selling used equipment. There's oftentimes gyms around you that would sell you equipment because they want to get rid of it. You'd be surprised how many gyms have mats laying around that they literally don't want, that they would borderline pay you to get rid of just because they're so big and they're a little broken down and they're kind of a pain in their butt. But for you, they're cheap and they get you started. So check out those options. Make sure you're sourcing your equipment strategically. There are a lot of great providers out there um, that provide good equipment. There are some people out in California that I've used that have done a good job. I know um, Victory has done a good job for some people. There's a variety of, of companies out there. There is one that I'm just, I shouldn't even... Do it on a podcast, but I'm just going to tell you if they still are out there and still doing business, don't buy anything from Tiffin ever. It is a horrible experience. I've made the mistake. I know other people who've made the mistake and you're just not going to have a good experience. So just don't buy from them. There are better options to go from and their prices aren't that cheap that it makes any sense anyways. But you want to source your equipment. If you can get used, get used. If you're going to get new and you have the, the budget, then get new. You can get equipment loans from your bank. That's one of the reasons you want to get your bank account set up early on and then look at getting an equipment loan. That's what we did when we opened our gym. We submitted an invoice. We said, hey, we're going to buy all these things and then we sent it to the bank and the bank approved it because the items that we were buying served as collateral. So make sure you're sourcing that equipment and you know being prepared to open the gym with the equipment you need. Number five is establish your insurance. You want to make sure that you get insurance and, and get that done early on the front end of things. And if you don't know, I don't know how many kids I'm going to have, you can always estimate and then get in touch with them and let them know if you added more people and you need them to increase your premium. Generally speaking, I I err to the more insurance is better. I go for the higher end protections because I would just rather have it, even though I've never needed it. Um, but establish your insurance. You are not stuck with K&K. There, K&K does provide insurance. Um, we use them for a number of years. There's a bunch of other companies. There's Snyder Insurance. There's FOI Insurance. Um, there's a bunch of different people out there that I've talked to over the years, we've switched, we've found a provider that is a little bit more affordable um, and still gives us great protections. So make sure you shop around um, and find who is going to be the best fit for you, for what you can afford financially and is going to cover the things that you want to do. Be really honest. Don't try and like sneak things in there because that's never a good route. 
After you've done all those things, you've got to look at finding a staff. Unless you want to be the owner who's doing all the things, which you don't want to do, you need to find a staff. Now, maybe you're going to be the owner and you're the, that is the primary coach and that's fine, but then you need to find a staff who's going to do the administrative stuff, who's going to answer emails, who's going to help you with the building. Uh, the billing and all of those things. So find a staff, find a support team so you're not doing things completely on your own. Number seven, after you've done those things, you need to set your budget. Look at what it's going to cost to run your facility. Okay, take your rent, take your staffing costs, take your estimate of bills and incorporate getting next-gen coaching into your billing. So call us and get some advice on on what it would cost. And then you can build that into your budget from the beginning. If you build in professional mentorship and learning, it the return on investment is going to be over the top as opposed to getting started and then trying to find a way to afford it. You'd be surprised when you budget for something, how easily you can afford it when you just plan ahead. So make sure you're setting your budget, including all of the things that you're going to need and want to include business coaching. It's going to help drive you in the direction you need to go. Number eight, you've got to start marketing your programs. You've got to establish your social media. You've got to build your website. You've got to set up your Facebook uh, you got to set up your Instagram and you got to start marketing your programs. Get your name out there. Get people talking about you and talking about the fact that you're opening. Start a countdown to your grand opening. You know, do things to make it a real experience and get people buzzing and excited for you to open. If you don't market it, then people are not going to know you exist. Relying on word of mouth is not the way to go. That's going to take a long time to get people talking and go from the five clients to 10 clients to 15 to 30. So make sure that you are doing that and you are marketing from the beginning so you are prepared to launch your program and start bringing in revenue. If you don't market it, people are not going to come. It is not if you just open and put a sign on the door that people are going to show up. I promise you. All right. After that, I'm going to tell you there's a couple books you need to read, but the number one book you need to read, and this is going to relate back to bank accounts, is you got to read Profit First. And I recommend you start running your business using the Profit First model from day one. It will make it so much less painful than trying to do the old school budgeting of, well, I have enough money in the bank account, so I'm good. Businesses are money-eating monsters, and if you feed them as if they are a monster, they will continue to eat and eat and eat. If you actually only feed it what it needs when it comes to money, you will find that you can go a lot further on a lot less, and your business is going to run leaner and faster and more efficiently, and you're going to be able to pay yourself and your staff more, and you're going to be able to expand and grow at a much higher rate. Number 10 is I want you to learn how to create systems. If you don't know how to create systems, that's something that you may need to get taught or you can do some research on your own. But building systems is going to build freedom into your life as a business owner and it's going to set your staff up for success because you have the systems for them to execute and for them to be trained on. So learning how to create systems is an absolutely critical component of being a great gym owner and learning how to package yourself and what you want to happen and then communicate that to your staff so they can execute without you. These are my 10 biggest pieces of advice for if you're ready to start or if you're getting ready to start opening a gym. If you need help, 
and you are looking for advice, that is something that NextGen specializes in. Obviously, we all own gyms and we coach gym owners all the time. Now, the hard part is, well, how do I afford it? How do I afford to get coaching when I don't have any revenue? And that is a challenge. But how are you affording to buy equipment? How are you affording to buy, uh, rent a space? How are you affording those other things? Well, you're either you have operating capital or you've gotten loans. Believe it or not, sometimes loans will cover professional development. So you can look at those things and set yourself up correctly from the beginning. Because the real question you need to ask yourself as you're looking at whether or not you should get coaching from us or from anyone is, Okay, you look at it and you go, can I afford it? But the real question is, can you afford not to have it? Because you can get put yourself into a bad position owning a business very quickly if you do things the wrong way. And having a guide and having a mentor and someone who's going to coach you the right way is going to save you from developing bad habits. All right, as I mentioned, it's a really exciting time. It is super cool and I'm pumped too because the sun's out and I live in Oregon so it rains a lot. But I'm, I'm in a good mood and it is so exciting to talk to these gym owners who are motivated or future gym owners, I should say, who are motivated. They're pumped up. They're excited about the future and what the future potentially holds for them. And I'm excited for you. Like there are so many cool things happening in the cheer world and it's exciting to see new young owners stepping in and opening locations or taking over locations or growing a location that they were currently at and now taking over the role as an owner. Like so, so cool. So stay pumped, stay motivated, hold on to that excitement because that excitement is going to give you fuel to keep working as you move forward in your business. As you leave this episode, if you're getting ready to start your gym, write down all 10 steps. Make sure you've checked each one off. If you don't know how to check it off, reach out and get some help. Um, if you aren't looking at opening a gym, but you know someone who might be, share this episode with them. Help them know what it is that they could be doing to do better at opening their gym. And if you already have opened your gym, but something I said rung true for you, like as something you haven't done yet and you maybe should have done back when you opened, do it now. It's not too late. It's not too late to take that step now and start making a change. Again, the question is not, can you, can you afford to make the change? It's, can you afford not to? All right, everyone, if you're looking for another great podcast, you've got to check out the Let's Talk Cheer podcast with Jason Larkins. Amazing stuff. Jason is going to be presenting at our conference. He's one of our featured guest speakers, and I couldn't be more excited about it. He is a great friend, a great coach. I love listening to his content. If you know someone who would get something out of this episode, please do me a favor and share it with them. And as always, stay true to yourself. Stay true to your goals. Keep pushing hard. I know it's not an easy job as an entrepreneur, but you're doing amazing things and you're impacting people's lives in such a positive way. If you need help, please reach out, shoot me an email, send me a Facebook message. I respond to every single one of them. Uh, I, and it is me. I, it's not an assistant at this point who's doing responding to those messages. So reach out to me. I'd love to chat with you and I'd love to help you in any way I can. And if you want to join the Academy, now is the time, people, and make sure you get registered for our conference in Dallas, Texas, June 23rd through the 25th. I'm going to be there. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to see you. And with that, we'll catch you on the next episode. 
Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.